What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Daniel's Den of Hoops. Back in the building with OP. You got your host here, Daniel Pasley, of course. Um, just want to, you know, send uh, our thoughts and prayers to those uh, in Palestine right now. Um, that's obviously been a topic of discussion every week. There's been something new. Um, I've, I've definitely had some friends who have been posting about it for years, but it's finally getting some light. Um, just New Day colonialism in terms of how things have been transpiring there. Uh, obviously, we had the farmers in India as well. There's an array of topics. But we'll, uh, before we go on to the after timeout segment, um, what do you have to say about this? Uh, about Palestine, it, uh, like you said, it's kind of unfortunately, you know, Palestine and India and all these other countries where uh, systemic issues that have to do with colonialism and imperialism. Um, and the idea of, you know, COVID unfortunately kind of exacerbated every kind of issue and ill. Um, you know, it's kind of sit, kind of poetic in a, in, a, in a very ugly way how um, COVID itself seems to bring out anything that you had, um, right? If you had a weaker heart or weaker immune system, it kind of preyed on you. Um, it seems like that's most of the people that are being affected, except, for, you know, different with the variants and stuff, but it feels the same way with, with what's going on in the world right now. Um, so, you know, praise to all my Palestinian brothers and sisters out there. Um, you know, this isn't about Jewish versus Muslim. This is about the Israeli government and their occupation of the West Bank, which has been going on for, you know, for generations, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. But as Omar always says, you know, let's be good allies. Let's listen to people. Let's, let's hear a story because everybody has a story. This is just another example of why, like Omar said, uh, there are underlying conditions and COVID, as much as it's year two of this, still being uh, magnified. But on to the after timeout segment, going to talk about some down stuff in terms of the NBA. Obviously, it's not as serious as what we just talked about, but we've got an array of injuries. Um, we got Boston's Jalen Brown out career year, 24 points per game, uh, almost 40 from three, if I'm not mistaken. Um 76 from the line he's he's been a monster um to say the least yeah shout out to him he's worked with t-mac he's worked with an array of uh he worked on an array of things in his game uh it just sucks that he has to go down with a torn ligament in his wrist man yeah he was putting together one of the better uh seasons you know was a guy who's probably in a lot of or, you know he probably wouldn't have won most improved but he definitely could have been involved in the conversation just in terms of how far his game has gone. Uh, Boston has a lot of decisions to make, I think, moving forward, because clearly um, their lack of depth, um, you know, across their their entire roster is kind of been exposed, right? Where, you know, Brown, Kemba's, you know, been out and, and, and Marcus has been out and they just haven't built a roster that can survive. Like, um, like for example, speaking of rivals like the Lakers, were at least able to stay close to 500 with their best two players out of the lineup because they built a roster that could at least be okay. Uh, in the case of Boston, you know, they've been leapfrogged by every team despite having the war chest of picks that belong to the Nets. But um, that's kind of shows, you know, when you got the cards, sometimes you got to push up, push them all in or else, you know, this kind of stuff happens, but, you know, praise up for Tatum, for, um, for Tatum, for Brown, for sure. Yeah. And Tatum, he's going to need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Kemba has shown flashes of his old self, but he just hasn't been able to put it together. Uh, it's been a year for both of them. They've actually taken some steps forward in their progress. 
I know some people have been talking about Jalen Brown maybe not being the same defender, but I think some of that has to do with the roster around him, especially with the lack of rim protection, something that we saw last year, which is part of why I thought Toronto should have won that series, but they get 80% of Pascal, they probably win. But what's your take? What's your take on um, this team in terms of what's next? Because, you know, you've talked about, it. you know, Danny Ainge has been the guy who's been, oh, he's he was in rumors of getting AD, is in rumors of getting Kawhi. And, yeah, he's had his two-star players finally take that leap. They're still young. But, man, this is just the same story with Boston. So what do they do? I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's on him. Like I know the, there is a rumor that, you know, they're going to get rid of Brad Stevens. That's the thing that's been kind of floated around now, but, and they're like, you know, maybe this guy can't manage a star roster, but let's be realistic. Like, um, are they better than the Nets? No. Is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown better than what the Nets have? No. Are they better than what the Sixers have? No. You know, are they better than them? Even the, the heat have right and i'm even missing milwaukee in that conversation so mm-hmm. all these teams have leapfrogged them um and they've kind of always tried to play in both fields which is like we're going to try to always keep our assets in place and we're also going to try to have creative studs and like it goes to show you eventually you have to push the chips all in like i kind of said earlier you gotta you you know you can hoard all the picks you want to but even let's give it a, a, an example like look how they fleece brooklyn Right. We always talk about that. Kevin. They got Garnett, Pierce, um, all at the end of their careers and clearly done as being elite players. And they won that trade. The Nets have been in better shape since, you know, like, you know, like they they mismanaged the Kyrie Irving situation um, where he, you know, yet by the end, he goes from I'm, I'm promising to stay to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll see you across. I, I meant like stay for like vacation. I'll go to Nantucket. Mm-hmm. But like. It just, it just goes to show you, like, at some point as an organization, you have to decide, like, okay, are we in or we're not? Because you can't have your foot in, in either world. And, and, you know, holding on to Brown might have been a mistake because as good as Brown has been and as great as he's been, maybe you could have made a trade for a James Harden. Maybe you could have made a trade for a Paul George. Somebody, you know, and, and that's another problem, too, because when I look at Tatum, I think you and I would both agree. To me, I see, like, Paul George. What I mean by that is I see a guy who could make an NBA all NBA team on a good year, maybe breaks into the first team, maybe breaks in the second team, but I don't see the guy that's like every single night, this is my franchise guy. And that's not saying he isn't great. He is, but he's still not in that, that tier. And and that's not enough to win a championship because unfortunately he doesn't get to the lineup. Yeah, it's true. And and for a guy, his size, he's about six, eight. I think they said he's almost six ten. I don't know if that was probably some, uh, mismeasurement or whatever, but he's, he's definitely a big wing. He can defend two ways. Like yeah. uh, he's a little taller than PG, but he's not the athlete as PG is, you know, he's not finishing at the rim. So I do agree with you that that element of his game could definitely be resolved with a good, uh, an all NBA, maybe level point guard, maybe an all NBA level wing in terms of who's beside him. And I think they dropped the ball there because like you said, it's, it's so cool to say okay we got all these picks you know you know we, we may be saying this about houston five years from now and saying hey yeah you guys uh, accumulate all these picks but what are you going to do with it because we all know with ring culture you gotta at least get there man and i think you know boston may have been missing their window yeah and the thing is they'll look at you and probably say hey we've been to two eastern conference finals but you no know, one of those eastern conference finals is a pretty 
uh, pretty weak East because, you know, we all saw the team that LeBron dragged to the finals and dragged through them. Um, and, you know, just them. And then, in, and then last year, kind of like we talked about, it was more like Pascal literally falling off a cliff for the whole entire two months. You know, if he's even what he was this year, which was up and down in that series, they win that series. And I think they win it in five or six, just because mm-hmm. I don't think Boston can really defend the rim. And you saw that when they played Miami, it wasn't even close, right? So they're just so far away. What's your window, right? You look at Brooklyn, that team probably stays together for at least two more years, right? They got at least two years before they before guys probably get restless. Philly still got Joel Embiid no matter what happens. Giannis is still signed a five-year contract. So what are you waiting for? Like, you need to start making a move or else you're just kind of going to be stuck in this, like, pretty good team, pretty, pretty good. Shout out to Larry David, but, like, nothing, <laughs> nothing, to, uh, nothing to make you write home about. And, unfortunately, you know, that I think some changes need to be made because the, the depth of the roster is bad. Like, Pritchard, Thompson, these guys are all solid, but, like, none, nobody on that roster you'd be like, I need on my team, which is not a good sign. Yeah, and uh, Neesmith as well, a guy in the draft. He's come around of late, but he's been a little disappointed. They just haven't been able to find that wing off the bench, uh, backup guard, backup center, like you said. It's just everywhere, just in shambles. But just with some quick hitters, we got Victor Oladipo out as well with a torn quadricep muscle. I kind of figured that by the way he landed, it was at least his quad or knee. Um, Zion Williamson as well with the broken uh, ring finger. David Griffin obviously has some thoughts based on that and I, I do think I um he's kind of like in that LeBron and Shaq mode. I, I know some people. It seems like the Zion haters is almost like the new LeBron where the the hate. It's it's like man, this kid is really like 20, 21 years old, and he's he came from a guy who was a high school you know mixtape king, and then all of a sudden he had to prove himself, and he's done it, and he's taking those steps. He's taking his lumps, and he's almost kind of like that Shaq and LeBron in terms of. He doesn't really get the favor calls. And uh, I think it sucks for him that he had to, you know, break his finger. He's uh, could be an all NBA guy. And I I think sky's the limit for him. I think the roster around him, another team that just wasn't set up to succeed. Yeah. And like in the case of like Zion, like to me, if I'm, if, if I'm David Griffin, I understand why he did what he did. Um, from roster construction standpoint, to me, it's like, if your name's not Ingram, if your name's not Zion, like you can go, <laughs> you know, we'll find, we'll find a spot for you. Cause clearly those are, those are the two guys I'm holding on to the rest of the team. We can tear this whole thing down. Like, cause clearly it was, you know, as special this guy is, you know, and, and that's what he's, you know, I remember hearing a story about how, you know, where he's from the small town is actually where, the Carolina Panthers have training camp and a lot of the Carolina Panthers guys would see him and just be like, yo, and they would see him move and stuff. And they would be like, so why isn't that guy playing football? And then you find out his school so small, they didn't have a football team. So he never got the, he never played it. They're like, that guy should be playing with us. You know, <laughs> you know, so anytime football players are like, yo, that dude's huge. Um, then that dude's huge. Right. And um, in the case of how he's ref, yeah, it is, it is one of those things where like, when you're that big and strong, you don't get a benefit of the doubt because they're like, oh, you're not reacting to contact, but as opposed to like, but there's contact, right? And we saw for years with Shaq, we saw with years with LeBron, where it's like refs don't really know how to ref somebody who looks and built and moves like him. And I don't know if it led to that injury because that injury was kind of freakish. Um, mm-hmm. I think that could have happened regardless of whether he was getting contact or not, but I do understand why Griffin was like, hey, um, 
you know, take care of my dude. But he, and I think he kind of did it publicly to let Zion know, like, yo, I got your back. Like, this is how the organization is going to be. I'm going to make sure you're protected at all costs. My stars are protected. Please don't leave me in four years. Yeah, no, go to New York. But case of Vic, what's your take with him? Because he turned down an extension, man. Two years, 45 million, allegedly. Um, I think, for at least for me personally, I just think he's got to be in maybe where he is kind of be that guy who can maybe be a fourth or fifth option because outside of that year with uh, where he went at LeBron, where he, he was trying to, you know, match LeBron and he, it was definitely a great story based on where he was in Orlando and OKC. It just sucks. They had to fall off such a cliff. Cause I, I really like that. He turned it around, but I don't know if I'm real optimistic about him getting max or close to max money. Oh, well, yeah, unfortunately I, I think what he got offered is what he's going to, hopefully get in the off season. Cause I don't know if people are going to take a look at a guy who's spent the last two seasons, not really being all the way right. Uh, physically, I don't know what team is really going to spend that kind of money. Um, I think he needs to get his body right, get himself back into shape and go back to Miami, I think, and get it. And, you know, I think that would be ideal for him um, because if he is right, I think he's kind of what they were missing. I think you would kind of, you know, spell kind of these, um, these, you know, we talked about them last week about, how, you know, the Duncan Robinsons of the world not really having a kind of um, like Duncan Robinson isn't Joe Harris because Joe Harris can at least do something when you put the ball on the floor. He's not great. Duncan Robinson literally is like a one note. Like I'm going to hit this three and I'll put it on the floor a little bit, but he's not going to dissect defenses. Oladipo kind of gave you a guy who could get to the rim, which would Butler and him would have been amazing with Bam on those screen and rolls and those handoffs and the DHO stuff they do. So I'm, you know, unfortunately, yeah, his body just doesn't seem to be right. So hopefully he gets right and, you know, prayers up to him. Yeah, for sure. And to me, I think he can almost be what Dragic uh, kind of was in the playoffs. Like you said, a guy can get downhill. He's another guy. Maybe Miami looks at a Kyle Lowry that they were rumored to go after. Maybe they replace uh, Lowry, uh, Lowry uh, Dragic with him and even have Vic and kind of load manage him. He's still a young guy. I think he's about 30. So he still, he's got a couple years of, at least in terms of good basketball for a team that has championship aspirations. Um, shout out to Joe. No, I'm joking. Dwayne Casey with the contract extension through 2023-24. Um, if you don't get the joke, that's our father. Um, you know, I think Casey definitely took uh, some Joe Pasley uh, dress <laughs> stylist okay. class. But, uh, that, yo. Yeah. But – Detroit, they, they're a lottery team for sure. Um, but I, I definitely like him being retained there because I think they definitely need to build a good culture. And this isn't a knock on Dwayne Casey, but I think he's a perfect coach in terms of, hey, we need to build habits. We need to implement how guys can learn to be pros. You got Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart's been a great sign for them. A steal in the draft, you can argue. Um, Killian Hayes has played minimal games, but in the second stint of him playing, coming off the torn labrum in his hip, he's looked like he's going to be a very good skill, uh, uh, sorry, um, creator on offense, almost that uh, Lonzo build in terms of him making those uh, quick pay, pace uh, type of uh, reads. Um, not so much sure in the half court, but I really like uh, Detroit at least trying to build something because let's be real, they're not really going to be winning. They're probably going to be fading for K, hopefully, when the draft lottery comes. Yeah. And, and, and it's true when you're dealing with a full rebuild, you're really dependent on making sure that these guys know 
that winning is still expected of them, right? Like if you look at a team like Philly, that was something they struggled with. Um, so Dwayne does demand a lot of his players. We know that guys are going to be accountable. Guys are going to uh, play hard. Guys are going to at least compete defensively. So he's going to build a right culture. I, I think, you know, good for him. I think what's unfortunately what's going to happen to him is that I think he's going to build it to a point where they start having some progress and then they'll find somebody else, but at least giving him the opportunity to at least start the rebuild is a good sign because, you know, he's a guy that is Dwayne say what you want for him, but his in-game adjustments and not doubling Braun in game three or game two or game one or any game of that series. But um, he at least, is respected around the league and you know that he guys really um, play for him and guys usually like him. Like you never hear guys complaining about Dwayne. So that's good. I think, you know, how, you know, in black holes, usually don't get this opportunity. Usually they jettison bringing a guy we haven't heard of and then he's alienating his whole entire locker room. And dudes, are getting, surgery. Like, what? Sorry. And dudes are getting surgery to avoid playing for him. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, shout out to Dwayne Casey. Definitely. Um, he's made the adjustment in terms of, I think, at least looking at him, I felt, felt last year he kind of struggled with it with now playing guys like Christian Wood. And then he finally came around and said, hey, you know, we're not winning any games. Blake Griffin's not really available. Drummond is putting up the numbers, but it's not helping us take that step. So I think he's definitely come full circle and realized, hey, um, it may be may not be Minnesota. You know, if you remember, you know, Ricky Davis kind of telling him off there. But I think he's definitely got a good group of young guys there and something to build around in uh, Detroit. But yeah. Yeah, he got screwed over in that Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't know. That kind of played in my head as we were talking. But yeah. to wrap the after timeout sex, uh, session, shout out to the triple double god Brody Russell Westbrook. Pass the big O, man. If you if you know about the big O, he's who's arguably you know the greatest player of all time. If you ask anybody from the era, he's in the conversation. Uh, I you know growing up, I, I read a lot of history books. That guy's name was all over it, and guys like him and Wilt, you read their records, like man, this is not gonna be broken. Of course, we get a guy six three, a, a guy who couldn't dunk till his senior year in high school. Even listen to Kevin O'Connor, there was a lot of hype about Beasley and Rose in that 08 draft. Uh, you know, shout out to Derrick Rose. He's definitely made the adjustment in his career. Um, there's been some there's some guys either talked ahead of Russ or even a little below, but the Memphis team in that uh, final game, if you remember, they did kill um, UCLA before the final game in the final four. And they said it, uh, Kevin O'Connor said, he said, interviewed everybody. And they said, man, he's got to be number one pick because I don't know what it is about him, but he didn't back down. We were trying to intimidate. They had the same team with Kevin Love, Darren Collison. And he was the one guy who was kind of that Mamba mentality. You hear the story about him in um the summer league kind of same thing. He's drenched in sweat. And then Miami had to get Beasley out of the hotel. And they're kind of like, all right, we kind of screwed this up, even though, yeah, it did work out for them getting LeBron. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then they could have had Rusty Wade and Braun instead. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um yeah, you know what? And I think it's it's now it's obviously a little bit easier for guards to get triple doubles now just because of the way the game is played, the pace. And it's easier for guards to rebound, right? If you watch them play, Steven Adams was literally taking out dudes to make sure that Rusty's getting his rebounds. So is there a little bit of stat batting? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say it is happening um, You in order to get those numbers. But he's been good in where he's been. And, and it just goes to show you, it still takes a lot of physical effort and intensity to do that. Because if it could be done, more guys would do it, 
right? More guys would have 180 triple doubles. And, 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 and speaking of Oscar Robinson, like it was triple double. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a thing, right? It was just, he just did it. So like the, you know, there was nothing to aim for. He was just like, this is how I play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so shows you how great Oscar Robinson is. So like, I think if he knew it was a thing, I wonder where the record would have really been. Um, so uh, just it goes to show you how we've, we've kind of chosen. But I, I, I think the triple double record is a perfect way of saying this is a measure of activity. And, and one thing you say about Rusty, he's activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, kind of looking at Big O, he's definitely a guy that in the record books, you look at him and you say, like you said, all-time great, uh, perhaps um, one of the guys who revolutionized the game in terms of what we know, free agency, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Russell Westbrook's been a, a great um, philanthropist philanthropist excuse me in this community in LA so I think um he's definitely kind of embodied a lot of what you know we expect from star athletes and kudos to him he's worked his tail off great story but let's go on to our walkthrough last night we had the Lakers and Knicks play where we saw an overtime game it was almost like a um, late 90s early 2000s game except there was actually a double digit score or triple digit scoring in terms of final score it was in a OT game of 78-75 but you know we had Derrick Rose go off Julius Randle uh, looked great as always as as he has this year Taylor Horton Tucker was a saving grace for the Lakers in terms of him coming in filling in for Caruso at 10 assists Um, to me at least watching this game, I really like what I saw from both teams on defense. I know LeBron's um, definitely going to be useful. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty clear. You know, he's arguably, you know, greatest player to ever play, whatever you think he's definitely up there. But, but in terms of him being a creator on offense, you definitely see how LA misses that because AD has seemed like he was getting a lot of tough shots. Randall was kind of bodying him up. They did have some great activity from Andre Drummond, who is perfect for this role in terms of Nerlens Noel, a, a north uh, a rim-to-rim guy, which Gasol definitely struggles with, but you saw Drummond being useful here. Um, what did you see in this game? Because I, I, I really think that, I mean, I'm optimistic, at least me personally, about the Lakers, but, you know, the Knicks, man, they, they just, they're, they're pros, man. I Kudos to them for turning around, because I honestly thought best case they'd be a play-in team, but they proved me and everybody else wrong. I, what I saw from them was two things. I think defensively, like the Knicks just, they just got after it. Like it was two defensive teams, like really going after it. Um, I think the one thing I've taken, taken away from the Lakers is that I, the one thing that caused me pause about them is I was worried that AD wasn't going to get back to what he's been the last three, four games. And I think that's what the Lakers have kind of been able to take from this is like, oh, AD's back to being the dog now. Because the, the idea of getting AD is that eventually LeBron, whenever he decides to uh, to age properly and becomes a number two, you know, AD would step into that role and then take the franchise to the next level. And it's like, can he handle being the torchbearer? And, a, and a, for a good stretch, he wasn't that guy. The last three games, the Phoenix game, um, even the, the, Portland you know, the game. Denver game. Right, right. All these games, he's finally starting to ratchet up to like, all right, I'm this dude. I'm because the one thing about AD, and we'll get into our NBA, all NBA teams, he might, he's not going to make the all NBA team as far as I'm concerned, but like he's, when he's on, there's no bake who does what he does, which is like from 15 
from 25, I'm going to block shots. I'm going to run the floor. I'm going to switch out, you know, and, and so I think that is what the Lakers and their fans should take away from that is like, oh, AD looks normal. Cause if, if LeBron's right, if AD is this good luck being the seven seed, good luck being the two seed, good luck being any seed right now. But in the case of, um, of the Knicks, the one thing I noticed that we, you know, we talked about this too, that last possession that they had, that's where the next level is going to be. That's where they hit their yeah, that was, ooh, There were that... no, it was like, you know, it was just cluttered and clustered, you know, Rose goes too early or on the, on the screen roll. Gibson doesn't really go hard enough with his dive. Then Randall gets stuck. Like yeah, 30 Bullock, Bullock is, his cut isn't timed well because dive. of the Rose drive. Bullock, yeah. yeah. Cause Bullock doesn't time his cut properly. and doesn't really sprint there. And then all of a sudden it's a muck where like there's nowhere to go mm-hmm. and poor RJ has got to shoot like a, you know, shout out to our shout out to step back one legged, you know, <laughs> you know, shout out to our boy Patrick. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, I think that's where their ceiling is right there. I think you saw where they'll struggle in the playoffs. Yeah. And like I said, um, I think we talked about this off air, you know, they're currently dropped to six after that loss because <clears throat> Atlanta won. Miami won, obviously um, laid the smack down on um, Boston's candy asses. Shout out to the rock, but uh, all jokes aside, um, to 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 me, I think I watched that play, and you kind of, I mean, Nakai's Duncan, shout out to Dunker Spot. He kind of pointed out, and I was looking at he he talked about the initial tag with KCP. I was like, hold on, he pointed out eventually. I was watching play, I'm like AD doesn't have to really move because if you look at the nail, you got Taj Gibson coming up, you got. AD and that was the first rotation. I was seeing it like a play ahead. I was like, hold on. Like, yeah, you see the first read, but if AD has to cover like eight feet of space with a seven four wingspan, like come on, that's that you're yeah, just asking no, for a closeout. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't occupy the help at all. Like you can't you can't like have a the last possession and you're <laughs> playing the Lakers and you don't find a way to get AD out of the play. If AD's around, there's a problem. Like, cause uh, <laughs> like I said, he's not. He's that dude blocks cold. threes, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we saw that in Kentucky, right? Like, I was just like this. Like, there's something. Him and Embiid are the two guys where, like, defensively, like, when they're locked in, it's, I think AD's a, even more versatile um, than than uh, even Embiid is. And Embiid's an amazing defender. But just when they're both locked in AD, it's, it's hard. Like, you can't get shots off. Like, you need to take him out of the play. Um, and they didn't <laughs> in any way. And it was just like. This play is so gummed up, like, oh, this is where the Knicks are going to struggle because down the stretch against the Clippers, a little bit different, right? Because, we, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. But <laughs> in the case of the Lakers, if you don't take AD out to play, you know, good night. So, yeah, I was I was watching that too. I'm like, AD hasn't moved. And, yeah. like, when he hadn't moved, like, no back screen. We're not trying to move him. Not trying to get him to switch on to anybody. Not trying to get him to switch on Gibson. Not, like get him out to play, get him out to play, like get Drummond involved in a pick and roll. Like, and they tried to, but they didn't move anything on the backside. And you can't mm-hmm. do that in the NBA, man. Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, kind of looking at them, um, at least the, the, they, they definitely miss Emmanuel quickly. Cause I think, you know, I, I kind of wish they took, you know, you said it kind of wish they took Tyrese Halliburton when we were talking about our um, kind of our, post-draft uh, analysis, they definitely could use a lead guard. You know, Derrick Rose is definitely a great point guard, but he's definitely more of a attack-heavy in terms of, all right, I, I need to go. So uh, he's definitely figured out how to 
figure out the pace there, but you can kind of see his old ways kind of getting in into his uh into his way there. But to focus on the Lakers, they currently are a game back of uh, Philly, um, Portland and Dallas. So Portland has a pretty tough schedule to finish the year. They got a home stretch or sorry, a road sh- stretch actually of the Blazers, the Jazz in a back-to-back starting tonight, Wednesday night. Then they got Phoenix tomorrow and then they got the Nuggets at home. So that's a three game stretch where you're looking at them possibly going on three. Maybe we'll get bubble Dame, you know, bubble master Dame where the TJ Warren, but the Lakers got the Rockets tonight with no AD, no LeBron. As we forgot to mention, LeBron is out again. He's because uh, they do have three days actually between games. So I kind of get, get why he's taking another day off. Uh, and then they got the Pacers on Saturday. They got the Pels on Sunday who were probably playing to, you know, kind of finish off the year one, two, three Cancun. But uh, I think Dallas has uh, Minnesota and a couple other teams that are, are the Pels are there as well. And I think, is it the Rockets or, or I'm, or no, not Rockets, the Wolves who've actually been playing better. So they could be playing spoilers. Yeah, the Wolves are playing like they want to give away a draft pick. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. But looking at those three teams, I, I'm a little optimistic. You know, maybe it's the LeBron bias and, I've seen this guy do it for 18 years and um, definitely taking some heat for uh, no, you know, no pun intended in terms of, you know, some of the lack of team success. But to me, I, I just, in terms of their defense, what I've seen from them, their, their ability, shout out to Frank Vogel, man. I think he deserves some coach of the year love. The way they're able to shrink the floor, the way they, they don't really make mistakes on defense. You know, you saw some rotation stuff when AD came back, but they definitely figured it out in the Portland game. And Portland actually picked them apart because they were selling out on Dame. But I'm just very optimistic about them getting at least a six seed. I don't know if we're going to get Rashid Doncic. Uh, who knows? Because he's one tech away from a suspension. Where do you see the Lakers falling? Because I'm a little uh, concerned if I'm at the top of the West. I mean, if you're going off the schedule, they as long as they don't pooch it against Houston tonight, then and everything goes the way I think it goes. I have probably Dallas finishing out. I just don't feel like Dallas is going to lose those games. Um, so I, I feel like they could, I, I, you know, if we're going off the strength of schedule, Portland's obviously looks like they're going to be, we're going to get, you know, Dame Steph in a one game playoff, which wouldn't be, you know, the end of the world either. Um, it depends on how the Lakers kind of treat this situation. If, if they, if they can win tonight without the two best guys, which kind of shows you what, how people feel about Houston. Um, and then have LeBron and AD finish the season off um, with those three games to get themselves ready. But yeah, then I think they are going to be probably the sixth seed. I just don't see Dallas really losing three games like that or losing a bad, like, I just don't see it happening. Um, and also, yeah, it, you know, if we're going off a of strength of schedule, yeah, it's probably going to be the Lakers in the sixth seed, which means we probably get a hallway series or we get, or we get Denver, um, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, really depending on where the three and four kind of lie. Um, like, and we've talked off mic about who would you rather face in the first round, uh, you know, Dallas or the Clippers right now, you know, the way the Lakers are built, you probably actually do want to play the Clippers, um, before, or Denver, before. the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. So like if everything goes smooth, maybe the six seed or maybe they, you know, it, it depends on how they're doing this. Right. Cause do they, do they prefer being in the plan and just like, we'll get more rest. And then we like us against Phoenix. 
you know, or, or against Utah. Like we're comfortable beating either one of those teams and then good luck with us in the second round when everybody's right. So, um, but yeah, Portland, Portland's in trouble. I didn't realize their schedule was that bad. Yeah. That's why, you know, you know, I, I got the mellow bias too, but you know, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, they've, they've actually turned it around. They've hung 130 on people in a stretch where they look like the world's most unsolvable offense, but I, I'm a little pessimistic in terms of that finish, but we could get monster Dame. Cause we definitely seen this guy put up 40 points a game stretches. So it's going to be a little tough to handle that guy. I think he, when he's focused and he's locked in and right, uh, it's going to be a lot to handle to move on to the Eastern conference. Um, we got Harden coming back tonight. We talked about him last, uh, last pod about his value and what we've seen in um, Brooklyn in their four game losing streak. And then they of course beat Denver in a 20 point comeback. I think after we posted that podcast, but what do you think uh, the, the last three games, what are you going to look for from Harden? You know, you're not expecting, all right, 30 point triple double Harden, but how are they going to ease him back in? I think it's the same procedure with like with LeBron, except it's a hamstring. So you got to be more careful because you're worried about the explosiveness, right? Like a you know, hamstring can kind of ask any track and field athlete. Like once you pull a hamstring, it's always like, when do you pull it again? So like, it's just a matter of exertion and, 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 and keeping him moderate in terms of, if him is probably, you know, 20, 25 minutes, see what kind of win he has, make sure he has no pain. Cause they're going to, like, we've talked about this last, last episode, like last week, it's clear they need him. Right. Because the problem they have is again, they have two guys that are that good at getting themselves shots. Harden is good at setting the table, setting the pace, allowing Kyrie to be Kyrie. Right. Because you know, the best versions of Kyrie we've seen has been when Kyrie's allowed to just cook. Right. Which is with LeBron and with Harden. Whereas it's like, you just score. We're not asking you to get people involved. We don't care if you get six assists. We don't care if you get four assists. We just want you to be Kyrie Irving and go at your dude. Harden allows him to do that. Harden allows Katie to do that. Harden allows Joe Harris to be Joe Harris. He's the glass that stirs the drink. He's not their best player, but he's their most important piece of what they need to do to win the championship or even get out of the East, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I really, I really think, you know, as much as we – talked about the whole debacle in Houston. If you exclude that, you can definitely say up until LeBron getting hurt and Harden getting hurt, you could have said your top five was uh, Joker, Embiid, Steph, Harden, Bron. And that's how great he's been, is, despite us seeing probably the most prolific offense maybe since the Warriors are even arguably better, depending on what stretches they can put together when they're fully healthy, only playing seven games. Um, so I, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to make life easier. I just hope that they ease him in and definitely take their time, which I think they have. They've done that with Blake Griffin, did, done with KD. Even Kyrie took a two-week sabbatical. They, they gave him a conditioning program. At least they called it that and said, hey, we'll ease you back in. So I really think he's going to be fine. And just to stay in the East, um, quick hitter right there. Philadelphia 76ers, currently the one seed, pretty much have it locked up. I think they're what three games ahead with what three games left. Yeah, they just got to win once. I think it's theirs. Are two games left? Yeah, they, I think their magic number is one. Uh, you think you're correct on that? They're currently sixth in offensive uh, points per game. Sorry, in, in terms of points per game, with six of um, sorry 108.1, have a top five defense, arguably the best 
two defensive players in the league and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons when they're at least for this year. Well, the problem is, man, I don't know. You know, I picked Philly to be my one seed coming into the year. I definitely think Brooklyn's a better team because I just think Brooklyn, one, they have more firepower, and two, I didn't think they're going to be playing the regular season with the, you know, circumstances with COVID plus KD coming off with pretty much a two-year hiatus. But um, the problem for me is you look at um, Ben Simmons, his first three months, he had um, averages about 18 points per game, about eight rebounds eight assists, which is pretty good for him. I think he averaged with nine assists last year, but he's been down the last two months in April. He had splits of 54% from the field. I'm not going to mention the threes because he is 0%. So that doesn't really count. He takes like two a year, um, 50 from the line, uh, in 28 minutes per game. That was a month of April with splits of 11, six and five assists. May in his five games, 11.6 rebounds, six assists on 58 from the floor, 46 from the line, and 32 minutes per game. So he's actually, and even with him on the court, they've been a negative, and you can say the same thing with Embiid, with him, with Ben sitting. So they definitely have been playing well with each other. But I'm a little concerned in terms of him because I understand, um, you know, you don't, you know, at least Doc said, hey, I don't want to, force everything on him I think I want Ben to be Ben yada 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 but to me I think Ben and I've said this I think this guy's got best player in the league type of talent if he actually put it together he could follow a blueprint similar to Giannis and people talk about Giannis but at least Giannis takes jumpers at least Giannis will he's shown in the post he's shown the turnaround jumper uh Ben has shown some flashes in the post but hasn't put it together consistently even his free throw rate's gone down I think he's averaging about fours free throws a game for a guy who doesn't really shoot. Like we talked about this with Westbrook, when a guy's reluctant to shoot, he's just another defender on the court. So are you a little pessimistic in terms of their drawing? Cause they could get Miami in the second round, which I don't think is a good matchup for them outside of Joel. I think everybody definitely is a, uh, maybe on the wrong end there. Yeah. The only problem I have with Doc's teams is this is usually how the MO goes. It's like they start off hot. And then towards the end of the year, they start to like, it's almost like they, they were out or they were down. Um, I feel like because of the way the season's gone, though, we have to take this with a grain of salt where I think guys have gotten to the end. If you're not in a playing situation, you're just trying to just have your health um, if you're in the East, right? Because like the difference is like, if you're in the West, you're really worried about who you're going to play in the first round. Like you could be the Suns and have to play the Lakers which would suck, right? Because uh, like we've talked about it before, I think their weaknesses are the Lakers' strengths. In the case of the East, you're really just, you're trying to position yourself for the second round. If you're the top four seeds, I think you're confident feeling you can beat the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, and whoever else is, whoever gets in the plan. I think you're pretty confident in that situation. So I'm wondering how much is this like, how do we just survive and stay intact? But again, I, I'm a little bit worried because this time of year, you usually want to be cranking up the intensity this time of year. If you're not injured, you should be playing. You should be, you know, testing yourself a little bit more and Philly hasn't had to do it. So yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't love them to play Miami in the, in the second round. I think that would be a problem, but you know, the way the East is this year, um, the second round is going to be a bloodbath anyway. So if you can't beat Miami in the second round, then you're not going to win the championship because you lost in the second round. So, um, but yeah, there is some concern with me with Ben, because you don't want to take a guy who's that good of a defender and have him sit on the bench. You don't want, you don't want him to be Tony Allen. Yeah, it's true. And to me, 
I, I like what they've done in terms of, you know, you know, Seth Curry was actually having a pretty damn good season up until he had COVID. And he's been a guy who I thought would play off of him, be another screener, kind of a, a JJ with a better handle uh, in terms of their creativity. So I, 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 I really like, don't get me wrong. I really like Philly. I think that they definitely have some good pieces, but to me, um, I'm definitely concerned in terms of their long-term outlook. Cause if Ben is going to be what he was in the 2018 where Boston, as we mentioned, they were able to shrink the floor. And then you saw guys like Al Horford guard up. You could even see a guy like Bam out of bio guarding where, Hey, we're going to shrink the floor. Um, unless it's Seth Curry, maybe Danny green, depending on which Danny green wants to show up. Uh, and yeah. maybe they they say, hey, Joel, go for 50, but we're going to make life living hell for you. Because I, I really think if they aren't able to generate any offense through Ben, if he's just going to be another pylon, a dunker spot guy or or whatever the case is, because I think he just he's just got so much uh, of a dynamic to his game. I just don't really want him to see another you know year where we're talking and we're saying, hey, when is he going to turn it on? He's about to be 25. Um, this guy has been compared to Magic, Braun, all these great big guards, and he just hasn't really shown the ability to have stretches where he's taking over or, and not even just for a game, for a series, because we talk about it. Guy like Luka Doncic, another guy last year, we saw it in the playoffs. Yeah, he was undermanned technically if you look at the um, teams, but he he was able to make life a living hell because he's able to make the defense honest with his passing. He's able to use it as a weapon. Maybe he doesn't shoot the three as well as we think, but at the same time, I think Ben has to really turn it on for me. Yeah, I, you know, it's true. They need to find a way to free him up because if you're Miami now, you might not even have to waste Bam guarding him or you can have Bam kind of camp out and not have to worry about guarding and beat, which is, you know, what you want to be able to do. Uh, you want to make you want to be able to make teams pay for having to slide their best defender, right? And, and you know, in a case of, of, of uh, Milwaukee, if they play Milwaukee, for example, like I would put Brook Lopez on, right? Because it's like, it, you know, like I said, it kind of, that's the way how bad he's been offensively where it's like, well, we know if you force him to take a shot, he's not going to even shoot it. So if we can pack it in on him, and make it harder for him to get into the paint and, and, you know, draw in the defense, then it's, you know, it's a win for us. Right. And, and the fact that they could get away with playing a guy like Brooke, who isn't the most laterally, you know, quick guy kind of shows you that they need to show some creativity. For sure. Um, I remains to be seen what they'll be able to do. You know, Joel's been an all NBA, possibly first team guide, depending on how you want to pick your roster, but, Speaking of Doc Rivers, going to move on to his old team, the L.A. Clippers, man, currently third in the Western Conference, uh, game up on Denver um, on Wednesday night. But to me, and, you know, people have been talking about it, it's like, hey, I, I think the Clippers are slated to, you know, do great things. They're shooting the – I think they're having the best uh, three-point shooting season in terms of uh, attempts and uh, makes – which is crazy to say in a league that's seen, you know, the Splash Brothers and KD, but they've been prolific on offense. But then you see, like we saw against the Knicks, the late game execution. Um, Kawhi and PG, man, I think these two guys, I think because of the lack of guard play for me, outside of Rondo, who you've said, you know, he's been their best guard, which is not a promising sign because Reggie Jackson, Patrick Beverly, or two other guys who get crucial minutes, 
Luke Kennard hasn't been the guard they expected. Trey Mann's shown stretches. I think he may actually be one of the answers for them to kind of yeah, make up say. for um, their lack of guard play. And he's a bigger guard for sure. Looking at PG's numbers at the rim, he's only he's about 63%. And I, I think, to me, he's got to be a little bit better than that. He's actually only 54% on layups at the rim, uh, according to basketball reference. So that, to me, is a is a concern because we've talked about it and we've heard of this on multiple pods. They like to settle for pull-ups. And with the floor being shrink, you know, you shrunk, you shrunk the floor if you're the Knicks on Sunday. And to me, he and Paul George, man, if they're not going to be able to get downhill and make things interesting, I just don't really see them you know, punching through that second round matchup because I don't, I'm just, I don't know. Same old Clippers to me, man. I don't want to sound like Chuck, but at least watching the tape, I'm concerned. And it, more importantly, if they get the Lakers, it might be first round. Um, so that would be an interesting series, but I, I, I think, I think man might be the answer for what they have in Rondo. Um, when we watched that game down the stretch, the fact that Lou had to play Reggie Jackson was a little bit concerning. Now, Lou's the kind of guy who plays stuff close to the vest, so he might try some different stuff come postseason that he's kind of been tinkering with. So you might see all of a sudden man playing in that lineup a little bit more with Rondo, and maybe we do see less Reggie Jackson, less Patrick Beverly. But it is true. Like, when you watch them, they struggle with size. Like, you know, they struggle – Joe. Um, Paul George and Kawhi, especially because, you know, there's times where Kawhi just doesn't seem to have a lift. Um, and there's times where he's just making it mid, mid, midi all game. Right. But if the kind of, you know, down the stretch, you got to be able to have some run killers. And what I mean by that is like, um, you know, not to make it all about Braun or even Kobe would do this too, where like a team would make a run and instead of a 10 0 run, those two guys would make a couple of jumpers to make it a 10 six run where it's like, we didn't lose the stretch of the game. We're like, we're going to keep, we're going to hold you guys at bay until we can get the other guy back into the game. And then it's over. Right. And the problem with they have is Paul, especially is a little, he just doesn't really do well with when he gets chested, but you know, when he faces that verticality, he doesn't really finish as well over the defense. And that means that guys are going to, not have to send as much help to stop you. Or more importantly, if those guys start missing shots, the score gets shrink, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And, you know, you got to be able to get to the basket, you know, say what you want about a guy like Jokic down the stretch. I trust him more with a guy who doesn't have the athletic profile because he's going to get layups. He's going to get his hook. He's going to get into the paint. So the, you know, the, there is a big issue. The fact that they felt, and you know, that they, they, they knew they had trouble that the, the fact that they even went after Rondo because they knew that the point guard position, the guard play just isn't consistent. Um, it doesn't create shots for, for teammates down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. And um, kind of looking at their team, Serge Ibaka has missed what 30 plus games now with a low back injury. I think they said they've had to play Zubac. He's actually been, looking pretty good but to me i think we we all we talk about this all the time playoffs is about adjustments and Ty Lue knows this best because you've talked about him hiding sets hiding different actions because he he knows like he's been around kobe shack you know braun and uh, you know yeah it was elder Sason and mj but he's been around some guys where he he sees all right 
yeah, maybe in Washington, he didn't really get much play success, but playoff success. But to me, I think he's been around the game for so long and he's a, he's a great tact, uh, tactician, tactician, excuse me, in terms of what he's able to do. But I think not having Serge there is huge because I, and even having him there, they just don't have enough on offense. They don't have another guy to play through. Maybe DeMarcus Cousins is the answer, but to me, defensively, he hasn't looked, he hasn't had any left even on offense. You know, you shout out to Freddie Gillespie. I sh- sent you the clip and he barely got off the ground. He just doesn't have that explosion with him. And if he, if he's going to be a guy that they maybe run some elbow action through to get PG and Kawhi some shots at the rim, some teams may stay home on that. And they're saying, Hey, Boogie beat us. And I just don't think there's enough around them yeah. to get it done. Cause that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm saying Boogie beat us because the problem is, and we've talked about this, this is why they got surged too. It it kind of showed itself in the Dallas series and then the Denver series was even worse. And then even their, you know, the games against, I think the Lakers and the Bucks, the Lakers last year and the Bucks this year, it's, you can involve, you can pick for a team that has really good perimeter defenders. There's still too many guys on the back line that you can pick on. We've talked about this over and over, over again. Like, Morris isn't a great defender. Boogie doesn't move laterally. Serge is more of a help side guy. He's hurt, right? So, like, there's still guys you can involve in actions where you don't have to go through Kawhi. You don't have to go through Paul George. You can have possessions where it's like, okay, great. We'll take you away. And as long as you don't have New York, New York Nick uh, execution uh, down the stretch, you know, where we talked about earlier in the pod, like, you, sh- you can take AD and you could take Kawhi and Paul George out of action. And you, and then, put, and then really just pressure Boogie and pressure um, Zubach and pressure Surge. And, you know, it just, there's too many guys that you can clearly go at. And I don't like when teams can, when teams can continually hunt, that's a problem come playoff time. Cause you play against Luca, you play against Jokic, you play against LeBron, you play against even Chris Paul, they will find a guy. And they'll be like, I'm going to spend the next quarter making your life a living hell or until you get him off the court. And when you get him off the court, then you know you're in trouble. Yeah, for sure. And at least looking at the schedule right now, um, Phoenix could win at least at least go two and one and, and of course, seal that second seed or maybe the Clippers go on a three-game winning streak. I'm not sure how the tiebreakers work there, but they, they can't really play themselves out of a – a matchup because you know you like you said you got Luca at the five seed potentially or whether you know they fall off a cliff and you have the Lakers there and and the Clippers fall whenever or they stay three the Lakers are there um or, or the, again Mavs are there what do you think is the best matchup for them in the first round because I I really am concerned because I think even though Dallas I don't know if they'll beat them I still think it goes at least six because we've we've talked about Luca he's a He's a special kid because he he knows he, we talked about the LA game when they had I think it was AD's first game back or second game back. He was just picking apart with the Spain action, little slips. All right, you're not gonna read the slip. I, I got the kick out. Like that dude is running a drill because he was making every read. And as much as he we've talked about the the on court, you know, technical stuff, he that dude just knows how to hoop. If you're the Clippers, to me. You don't want to play – you want to play Portland, you want to play Dallas, if you're asking me, of the bottom teams. And obviously the Warriors, if the Warriors make it. Yeah. But, like, the Warriors will probably – they'll be the eighth seed if they get in. So that won't really matter. But in the case of, like, 
um, or maybe the seven seed. The Warriors is who I'd want to play to just because I feel like they would give them problems. But, like, I was actually thinking about it. This is, like, kind of off topic. This reminded me of there was a Spain action that was ran against the Lakers, and Mark blew it all up. Like, he literally just – as he saw it coming because he's Spain, and he just literally <laughs> stepped into the key, and he's just like, I'm like, I, like I, I grew up on this. Like, this is – you know, I was born in, you were, you know, I was born in the dark, you know, mm-hmm. I was molded by it. Shout out to me. Like, so like, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I'd want to play. Like, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to play Denver, um, even without, I don't know if Porter's ready, but if Porter is ready, if Porter is this guy, you know, I'd like to see what, what, what life would be like when he has to face Kawhi in a torture chamber. Cause that's, that's going to be like, are you really ready for this? But yeah, Jokic against any of the Clipper bigs will be a long day. And the problem with Jokic is like, he's, you know, this is why I think he's my MVP is because like, you can't double him. Because once yeah. you double him, it's, it's you know, it's, his vision is ridiculous. He sees around angles. So, yeah. Now that you say that, I actually would throw him in that, you know, he's a different position, but I throw him in that creator role because he's figured out he's not really, obviously he's not a guard, but he once again, you can't double him, like you said, and he's figured out, yeah, we saw Dwight Howard kind of body him up, but he's been way more aggressive in terms of his mid post work. And he's, he's put up what 26, 11 and and eight or whatever stupid numbers he's put up. So he's not scoring 18 a game. He's taking his game to that level. And I think you can argue he's almost nearly in that class. Yeah. The the problem with Jokic at time is sometimes you become too passive and he Mm. would try to find guys. And it's just like, he figured out like, all right, these guys can't, I know what I'm going to get to. And I do think he fits that creator guys. When I kind of created that category in my head, speaking of creating, I I was thinking perimeter oriented guys, Mm. but he definitely does the same things. He just does it from, he just does it from three point line. He does it from the trail three all the way down to the block Mm -hmm. where like he creates problems. Right. And again, if you're a cutter, you love playing with that guy because he's going to find you. And if you, if you're dumb enough to send a double team, you're in trouble because he doesn't get tricked because he sees where they're coming from. And if you don't send a double and he gets, and he gets to his right shoulder, like it's a layup. It's every, it's just because he's going to hit you with a shoulder. You're not going to be able to get vertical mm-hmm. um, in a real way to stop him blocking a shot because he knows how to get, he knows what you want to do. And that's a problem. Uh, defensively when a guy knows like this is what you want to do and I'm going to do it exactly how I want to do it every single time for sure man on to our overtime segment speaking of Jokic um, we're going to talk about our all NBA teams um, in terms of our I guess our best 15-ish players and a lot of people have been using that games you know hey like guys have missed games but hey everybody's missed games you know, we've had LeBron obviously miss like the past month and in in some change. Harden's missed over a month. Kyrie had, took time off. KD's been in and out of the lineup. So there's been an array of guys. We may leave some guys off. Sorry to do it. You know, uh, shout out to Adam Silver. Hopefully we get, you know, a, a spot in terms of a ballot. But, you know, we're doing this in terms of what we've seen, what we've tried to read, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I guess I'll start things off. My first team, I've been kind of going back and forth with this in terms of who to leave off the first team. But I think I'm going to leave Embiid on the first team, actually. Now, I know I talked off air and I I said I had him second. I'll go Embiid, Joker, Giannis, because Joker and Giannis can be flexed as forwards. And then my two guards, I guess I'll go Steph and um, 
I'll go Luca just because I know he's you can argue because of um Dallas's offense. He, you know, they haven't been as prolific. They've definitely turned it around, but he's taken his three-point shooting to another level. It's still league average, which is definitely a good step in the right direction. And uh that that's just my top five, man. Who do you have and why do you have them? I literally have the exact same. Yeah. Like it was there, I was looking through my list. I was like, this guy, as he's saying, I'm like, shut up. It's like, yeah, there's nothing, there's no uh there's no quarrels or conjures about it. Like it is, it's it, once they said that Jokic and Embiid were um f- uh flexible on the f- uh forward center, it just made my decision easier because I was like, I don't know who I was gonna leave off. I was gonna probably do what you were saying, I was gonna make uh Embiid my center. If, if he wasn't eligible just because how good Jokic is, I can't have a guy who's my favorite uh, MVP candidate and then be like, oh, but he's also second team. Yeah. So that doesn't even make sense. Like when Mark so, went uh, deep boy. <laughs> yeah, right. So just doing the math, it just, it's, you know, just to talk about it, like you talked about those three guys and Bede's been impressive. Giannis, we've seen the growth and development. Luca, despite the early struggles, has actually been shooting pretty decent from three lately um, for him. Um, which opens up the rest of his game. And if he can just stop punching people in the, you know, I, this is the one thing I'm worried about him, like his temperament, like he, it guys are going to try to get under his skin. Like speaking of the Clippers, like if you you know exactly who's coming for him, right. He cannot be falling for that. Right. You don't want to go Draymond green yourself out of, out of a second round matchup. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, yeah, there's nothing else to say that that, to me, that's, it's pretty easy to do the five. Um, mm-hmm. to be honest. So you, got second, you want me to go, or you you want to go? Because I, I, I feel like we have uh, we have some different uh, second teams. I probably left some guys off that maybe sitting here and saying, "Man, I can't believe you did that." But hey, it's my list. Um, I'm gonna go with LeBron just because I think, despite you know Lakers being about 500 or a bit below without him and AD, I would still argue that when that guy was in the in the lineup, he was making them astronomically better. Um, to me, you know, it's LeBron. He, he we, we can go on and on about LeBron. I uh, can do a whole podcast on that. Could be coming in the future, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it short and sweet here. Chris Paul, you know, his numbers don't really jump out at you in terms of the box score, but his impact on winning, as cliche as, as it sounds, you, you can tell he's rubbed off on the guys. Mikhail Bridges, the emergence of him definitely has helped. Um, and I think he just asks for a lot from his guys and, and people respect him. And he's kind of in that LeBron tier where he's been turning everything to gold that he's gotten a hold of, despite what you've put around him, maybe a couple years he was hurt, but Hey man, that dude is first ballot hall of famer. Um, who else do I have? I have Randall who I could even argue if it wasn't for, uh, Embiid and the six or six in that step, you could argue he would potentially be a first team guy, especially because he's putting up 2012 or 21 points or 23 points, 11, uh, 10 rebounds and six assists. So he's impacting the game in various ways. And I think defensively, he's a little bit better than people want to give him credit for. He's not a lockdown guy, but he definitely buys into what the Knicks do. And it rubs off on the guys uh, in terms of that ecosystem there. I go Kawhi um, just because he's been, you know, we've been, we've kind of poo-pooed on them, but he's, he's been great. Uh, you know, he's been in a little bit of a funk. He's missed 10 games and he's also kind of struggled since being back, but you know, we're getting with Kawhi surgical and consistent. And I think 
he's been as great as he's been throughout, uh, you know, the recent stretch of his career. And then Dame, this is, you know, one of my first team guys initially when, when we were talking on the pre-pod, but I think um, some of the struggles has to do with him in Portland, despite, you know, him being obviously a, a, a guy who was in the top five MVP race for about a couple months before he got hurt our top 10, sorry. And to me, I just thought I kind of had to split hairs between him and Luca. So you put Randall, Braun, Paul, Kawhi, Dane? Yeah. Well, you got to get out of my head, bro. You got the same team? <laughs> the exact same team, bro. But I'll, I'll, I, I'll, hold on. Sorry, before I cut you off, I realize I don't have a center on that team. Like, is yeah, Randall registered as a center? Yeah. So then what I did was this is the difference. I'm going to take um, – I'm taking LeBron actually off the second team. Mm. And I'm going to make Gobert the second team center. And I'm going to put move LeBron to my third team. And I'll tell you why. Because I do think he's second team eligible. But the guys that I have on the second team, on the third team, are on the third team for the exact same reasons. So I can't I, – I really feel like if I'm going through my biases, like, I'd be like, okay, I'm being LeBron biased here. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let me just try to be – so um, I think Randall's got to be rewarded. He's the most improved player. Um, that stretch down, speaking of Clipper game, that pull-up uh, midi he did to both. I think it was Paul. Was it Paul or Kawhi? Either one of them mm. got it. I think both of them got it. Um, that was, like, impressive. Like, you know, he's he's a dog. Um, and he's taking that Knicks team's irrelevancy. Dame's Dame. Uh, we all know what he is. Paul, We you know, I've talked about how we need to talk about him in the same way. And then, actually, I lied. I did lie. I'm going to move um, – Kawhi off of my second team and I'm going to put him on my third team. So I'm going to put LeBron in that spot just because I feel like LeBron's kind of, um, even though he's played a little bit less games, he hasn't played significantly less games than, than um, thing. And I think he's had a little bit more impact. Um, in terms yeah, of so power, I, I, right? would, I just feel like Paul George was able to carry the Clippers to a third seed. Um, and, you know, you know, and then that's when it gets weird because the third team is when I think it gets interesting because then it's like you're leaving off somebody great um, this year in a way because I feel like PG, he's 50, 40, 90 all year. He's been kind of carrying them to the third seed. So that's why it's like, are we really punishing him for, for being more available? Because he has been. And LeBron was, you know, if you looked at them, they were 21 and six before he gets injured. They clearly keep winning when AD goes out. When he goes down, they tank. So to me, he was an MVP candidate. I, I can't leave an MVP candidate at least. On, he's got to be second or third. If somebody in the media says he's third team, I'm not going to argue about it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I could, you know, kind of swap and put Gobert second team and drop Kawhi down if I wanted to play um, based on with the positions. But my yeah. question is, is Zion registered as a center? Because because he I – mean, I don't even know because that's a thing too. Because like – so my – so here's my issue now, because mm-hmm. then this is, so who do you have on your third team? Cause my third team I got, and this is, this is the odd man out. Who's the odd man out from this group. So I'm going to give you seven players. All right. And you tell me, help me with my third team. We'll do this together. This is live mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> all right. So KD Harden, Butler, Mitchell, Kawhi, PG, Zion, which two players are coming off that list? Yeah, I I would argue Mitchell and uh, PG if we're okay, talking so if we're talking about raw stats. But if we're talking we're, games played, I think it's KD and uh, probably Mitchell. 
and that and that's the th- crazy part is right so it's like there's seven guys here and I, I you know like I Mitchell is the best player on the team with the number one seed uh we're number one at two at the least all season long I don't know how you leave him off of all NBA team like I just don't know how you say that this guy who's been their best player from beginning to end Gobert is their most important defender even though I don't think he's my deep boy, but we'll get into that next, probably next couple of shows. Um, <laughs> but I think Mitchell, you got to keep on the team. Right. And then, and then the problem is hard was an MVP candidate for until he went down and the nets have not been good with him out the lineup. Like, you know, I think you could maybe talk to me about leaving Harden off the lineup just because he's missed so much time. So I might, I write move Harden and Butler off of my lineup, but then Butler again, like, been the Miami Heat's best player. So, like, Butler, I move off, and and probably – and James Harden, I can't believe I'm saying this, because, you know, you got to reward some kind of winning. But it's – like, I, I don't – I'm not comfortable with my third team. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. I'm very comfortable with my third team this year. And that's part of why I think they should open up and say just 15 best players, because we're going to talk about this be a completely different list. Um and oh, I yeah. think that's where that's where the game's been, man. Like we we've talked about this for years. You know, you got a six 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 seven Draymond Green playing center, and you got KD who's a seven foot two guard. So like you know, we've we've seen <laughs> the game, yeah, even ben, throughout ben, the years. Yeah, Ben too. Yeah, like Ben Simmons is playing point. LeBron last year was a full time point guard. Um, you know, by definition, he led the league in assists, but he went on as a forward. You know, like it's just it was like what are we you know what are we doing? So mm-hmm. like I think if anything, the timeouts the, the overtime segment should be about like yo, we need to change this because like <laughs> you are right, like we're in a position as basketball. The last like you know, it's been in basketball forever, but really since maybe you could argue the Don Nelson Warriors through to the you know LeBron James Heat through to the the you know 20 the Warriors, you know that you know even the even the phoenix suns with that tony like we haven't really needed a definition because like we've talked about this before like brad stevens says like he doesn't even have position he thinks of three things you either big you're a ball handler or you're a wing like you know and some of those guys do all three (laughs) you know like so Mm -hmm. um yeah because i i'm I'm very uncomfortable like leaving jimmy butler off like i'm Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable with that decision like i you know like and because here's the thing, it, it used to be in the past where, you know, we've talked about this, where at least it'd be like, all right, this guy missed too many games. So we'll just move him off this year. Like LeBron, you could be like, hey, he's missed so many games. So is KD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are we going to leave KD off the game? No, we're not. You know, are we going to leave Butler? He's missed a ton of time. You know, it's, it's, it's really outside of the first team, it really becomes like, what do you value as a person? Yeah. you know i even as like a, as a as a and that's kind of what kind of sums up the season bro yeah for sure and even looking at my third team i had if we're gonna keep zion as a center because i don't even know what he would be t- t- deemed as but i think you can argue he's a four slash five um i went actually i had jason tatum there you know light skin wings bias yeah Got Jimmy Butler, who's arguably one of my favorite players in the league. But like you said, he's been the driver of the whole bus. He's, he, you know, we talked about Bam taking that, taking that step. But without him, they were not where they are now because they they would have been locked in when that top three, four 
where now they're fifth right now as we record this they're probably going to be in that four or five matchup but they would have been set in stone for me if butler was there zion of course like i said that guy once stan decided to put the ball in his hands on offense and to turn him into a point guard in some sets he's a problem um and then harden i actually kept because to me i thought like you said he's an mvp guy he's played about the same amount of games as lebron I mean, without the Houston games, he's less because I think it was like eight games where he's like, all right, just get me out of here and book me first That was class. the thing with me. That was, yeah. the, that was the tiebreaker with those mm-hmm. two is that he literally quit for the first 10 games. Then he was – then he was – then he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he, then he got hurt. So that, that was the tie qualifying for me. But, like, I, I agree with you, man. Like, what, but like, even, even Bam, too, you could argue. Like, Bam could be the center on the third team because – We've talked about him. He's gotten better. (laughs) Bam, we left off Beal. We didn't even mention Beal. I didn't put Tatum on any of my teams because I was just like, all right. Um, To me, if you're in the bottom, to me, if you're in that 9, 10, 8, if you're Indiana, if you're Washington and you're Boston, like I don't feel as comfortable putting Unless you're Steph. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what I mean. Like Steph's the exception. It's not because – because with me, it's like Steph – has been, you know, short of amazing. He, he'll probably be top three in a lot of MVP ballots. I don't have him that high, but he's still top five at the worst. Been all year. Like, you know, he's been amazing. He's been as good as his MVP season in 2016. Do I leave that guy off who's, who's played most of the season? No, you can't. Like, Steph is first team all NBA player. So, like, I think it should be, like, we. I think moving forward, the NBA needs to be like, all right, the Give us your 15. You don't have to rank them. Just give me your 15. Just be like, who are the 15 best players in the NBA right now? We won't rank them so this won't turn into ESPN's 100 where, like, you know, DeMar's 131st and, and you know, Melo's 202nd. Like, you know, we're not going to disrespect people like that, but, like, yeah, it's all for so clicks. guys, like, we're mm-hmm. just – I don't know. Like, you, Zion's team's 11th, and he's gotten hurt. So maybe guys are like, oh, he hasn't won, but, like, he's been an all-NBA talent like mm-hmm. all year. Um, so this is what happens when you play with COVID, man. Like mm-hmm. the games just haven't been what it is. And and we, and AD. Yeah, <laughs> another guy. AD's yeah. not even going to make any of my teams. That's Anthony Bleepin' Davis. And he's played, and you could argue with me, like he's played, what's the games played between AD and Braun? Uh, if I look this up, just give me one second. I think he yeah. would be on pace for about 28 games or something. And so Braun played what, about 30? Oh, sorry, Davis. Actually, I'm I'm undershot there. Uh, 34 for Davis, uh, according uh, at least as of today. I think that's updated by Basketball Reference. And 43. So we flip the numbers around for LeBron. So he'll probably play about 45 games. Jimmy Butler will play about 56 or 53 games. I think 54. So yeah, to, and, and, to me, yeah, it's definitely like you said. And because, like I've been saying. If, because they jam-packed the schedule, you're not going to have guys like KD. Like, he's not going to be like, all right, I'm going to play eight games in 12 nights like the Spurs because what's the, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, like, and I think if we were I, – I actually kind of want to redo these lists, like, later yeah. on, like, just after the season ends, like, and, and just be like, okay, what's the threshold? Do you have to play at least 40 games? Because if that's the case, that eliminates a lot of dudes. Right. If yeah. you didn't play 40 games, you're not making my list. Right. Um, is your team, 
if that's if everything's equal and you haven't played 40 games, is your team in a playoff position? Are you and by playoffs, I mean like one through eight, not one through eight, nine, and ten, right? Because that's why I left Beal off because I'm just like, you've been great, but you've missed time and your team's the 10th seed. And Rusty's been your best player for the last two or three weeks. So kind of I'm having a recency bias thing. But like if we start to like mix in what's going on, the only part of the reason why the first team's the first team is because those guys have just been there. Luca's mm-hmm. been in games. Steph's played a lot of games. Um, Jokic, Giannis, they've just been there. So, you know, that I've kind of wanted to reward those guys for just literally playing most of the season at a high level. And that's why I put them on. After that, it's like a bunch of really talented players who didn't play the whole entire season. For real. Yeah. And you're just picking the best of that. And to sum it up, bleep the all NBA teams, but all, all seriousness though, I think, like you said, it should be 15 guys positionless reflect what we're seeing. Cause if that was the case, we'd probably have two centers at least set in stone on the final team because so we, this is what I'm proposing. We're having a show meeting on, on air. Let's just do it next night. Let's do our 15. We'll just call it. This is the Daniels then 15 and we'll do our 15. And we'll call it a day and we'll set and we'll have a whole criteria. We'll unveil it. I just, here's my 15. Here's your 15. Cause clearly it doesn't fit, man. If COVID saw us anything, a lot of the way we do things has been pretty stupid. And all NBA team is really stupid because it costs dudes money. So yeah. It needs to be dumb, right? Like this is the difference between a, a max and a super max. So, um, you know, get your hand on my pocket. For real man. You know, that's all we got for you guys today. If you want to follow the page, you can follow, Daniel's Den of Hoops on Instagram. You can email me Daniel'sden.hoops at gmail.com. If we have anything you guys want to talk about, that definitely help us out. And in terms of maybe get some dialogue, get some uh, especially once the season wraps up, we can get some more topics. We definitely have a lot coming for you guys in terms of the next couple of months. Hope you enjoyed. Take care, people. Peace.